Welcome to the first episode of The Winning Ticket, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Bobby Kravitsky, and for our debut, had to come with a heavy hitter, so I am honored to be joined by John Ryan, a 28-year professional sports better, one of the best in the business. You can find his work on the Predictive Playbook, on Wager Talk and Sports Memo. You can also check out his excellent content that he contributes to gambling.com. You can see the hat right there. John, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's a privilege and an honor to be uh, on the show with you and uh, being honored as the inaugural guest here. I really appreciate it. It means an awful lot to me. Yeah, it was a no-brainer who to have on for this. And a little tease right here, what John and I are doing, normally the winning ticket is coming to you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And what I'm going to do is Tuesdays, it'll be about, as it says in the show description, wherever you get your podcast, as well as YouTube, what I'm normally going to do on Tuesdays is break down the week that was and all the takeaways. And then Thursdays, it's going to be about giving you what I think the best bets are. And we're going to touch on college and the NFL. So what John and I are doing is a two-part episode where he's coming on the winning ticket. We're going to focus exclusively on the NFL in week seven, as it says in the title. And then I am going to join him right after this on his show, The Predictive Playbook. And we are going to dive into the best college football bets for this weekend slate. So, John, why don't we start with Thursday night football, Saints and Cardinals in the desert. What's on your mind here? Well, this matchup, we have uh, DeAndre Hopkins obviously coming back from the six-game suspension. But the the chemistry, I don't think, is going to be there uh, between Kyler Murray and and him. And I don't think it it may be a mistake if you assume that, oh, boy, he's going to be back and the Cardinals are going to be just scoring points galore on the scoreboard. I think that's a, a mistake. And after all, the the Cardinals, as you know, Bobby, are averaging 0.5 points in the first quarter, 4.8 points per game for the first half of each of their first six games. That doesn't get fixed by even a guy as talented as DeAndre Hopkins. So um, I'm definitely leaning here on the dog. I think the Saints, if I'm right here, will win the game, and and they might win it by you know double digits. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Arizona has lost eight consecutive games at home that doesn't mean that they're due to win and then that's another common mistake you know it's mutually exclusive from the the losing streak they have lost seven of the last eight against the spread at home Bobby and I I see no other play here than to get on board the Saints and uh, ride that to the window John we're on the same page here and definitely tail all of his picks he's a sharp among sharps and a prop bet that really intrigues me here is Chris Olave at over 59 and a half receiving yards. You can get it at minus 115 at Caesars. Olave is generating 77.8 receiving yards per contest. And that's even with the recent concussion that he suffered. He still has produced more than 60 yards receiving in three out of five games that he suited up for with Andy Dalton expected to start again for the fourth consecutive time. That's another positive in Olave's favor. Dalton targeted Olave 13 times the last two weeks, plus Michael Thomas and Juice Landry are out. So I I think this points towards Chris Olave hitting that over when it comes to him producing 59 and a half receiving yards. Oh, I love it. I have a couple of player props myself, Bobby. Um, I usually don't do these too often, but I do uh, like that take that you had there going over the total with uh, receiving yards. I think the Saints' Andy Dalton here passes for more than one and a half touchdown so you in other words he's going to throw for two or more I know that may sound like a reach to a lot of the people listening right now but 
at plus 150 at points bet, I, I can't turn that down. And I also like DeAndre Hopkins over 22 and a half longest reception, minus 111. And I found that at Bet MGM. So there's two more to round out a, a trio of really solid prop bets, I think. Yeah, John, I, I think you're all over it there. And I, I'm curious to get your take on the under because I, I waffled. And basically the way that I, I broke it down is I have confidence in New Orleans to do its part. The Saints are averaging 23 and a half points per game, but they've elevated that to 25 plus the last three weeks, despite their injuries at wide receiver. This has more to do with the Cardinals and those struggles you brought up, especially in the fourth quarter. This is a team that in total is producing just 19 points per game. That's in the bottom 10. They've been held under 20 in the last two weeks, including one of their best games of the season when they nearly beat the Eagles at home. You know, you talked about DeAndre Hopkins and the concerns there in his first game back. Robbie Anderson expected to play, but he just got there. They're average on the ground. So between injuries, the impact of this being a short week on Thursday night football, I think ultimately that Arizona drags this total down. So I'll take that under at 43 and a half. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. Arizona has played uh, five consecutive games now with the under cashing the ticket. And um, I, there's a couple really simple um, betting systems here. I can mention a couple of them. As we know, Arizona is coming off that really, really bad road uh, loss to Seattle, 19 to nine. They were a two and a half point favorite in that game as well. But if you like the under, then uh, you're you're going to like this little betting system I have here. You're going to bet under with any team off an upset loss of double digits. That's ten or more, obviously, is and they were installed as a favorite facing an opponent that is coming off a home loss, which the Saints are. That. Set up parameters, Bobby, 42 and 14 the last 10 seasons, 75% winners on that. I think that really, really supports the underplay quite well. John, this is why you're one of the best of what you do. Your models consistently come through, your track record, and people can find that on your Twitter account. It speaks for itself. So that's definitely a good little tidbit right there and a pro tip when it comes to people interested in taking action in Thursday Night Football between the Saints and the Cardinals. Let's shift gears now to Sunday and start with the Lions and the Cowboys in Dallas. Dak Prescott's return. Who do you have on this one from a betting perspective? Again, I think the situation with uh, Prescott coming back and the lack of reps. And um, I, I don't have any reason to bet the Cowboys. If anything, I, I think the, the, the fade here is the play. Uh, Detroit's defense has been horrid. There's no question about it. But that offense has been really, really clicking until they ran into the Patriots, uh, who shut them out. Cowboys' defense is one of the best in the, in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. Philadelphia, though, gave the Detroit Lions a blueprint on how to kind of minimize that pass rush. So you're not going to have a quarterback with Detroit that's as mobile as Jalen Hurts is, but there are ways to add help to a left tackle with a running back uh, assisting in a block to give that quarterback an extra half second to throw. And the chemistry again, we talked about chemistry in the first game with Arizona and DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. There's not enough time, in my humble opinion, for Prescott to just kind of show up on the scene and be Superman and uh, lead these guys to an easy victory. Of course, I could be wrong. But I, I think the, the play here is to take the points. It's uh, plus seven with the Lions. 
Yeah, and I think that Detroit, they have a solid offensive line, not as good as Philadelphia's, which is the best in the league, in my opinion, but it's having an excellent season, that front five for the Lions. They're coming off a bye week, which doesn't always lead to improved performance, but the most important takeaway from Detroit this season is the continued culture change under Dan Campbell, getting their doors blown off at Gillette Stadium against the Patriots and going into the bye week with that sour taste in their mouth. I do think that bodes well for them being able to hold their own, and with the spread at minus seven, maybe it comes closer. John, I'm willing to live dangerously. They say that fortune favors the bold. and I think that Dallas, I still look at overall how good that defense is, and maybe for them it's a point of pride after getting bashed by the Eagles, a division rival on national TV. So for a group that's top three in points allowed per game and in yards per play, they're top eight in total yards per contest as well. Now, the surprise is that they're 20th in turnovers. You would think with Trayvon Diggs that that figure would be higher. But at the same time, Jared Goff is known for serving him up. I think that happens again. And as long as Dak Prescott in his debut keeps it simple and takes care of the football, then I actually do think that the Cowboys at home against the poorest defense, that they'll be able to con- they'll be able to cover, even though that minus seven figure, it might be a little rich for some people. I understand that. I think that what, what you pointed out there was a, certainly a, a rational argument for going with the Lions in this one. But I, I think that ultimately Dallas defense too good and a formula to be able to capitalize against a pretty bad defense. I can see that take too. And it's, it's cool that we were on opposite sides because now people can see that you can have picks and they're, if they're backed up with solid facts like, like you just did, there's no debating it. The only thing I, I will add, uh, just as for people to watch going into Sunday, is that the betting um, line here probably does bring it down to six and a half if, from what I'm seeing with the betting flows. That half a point is huge. And um, you know, if you can get Dallas at six and a half, that's a heck of a lot better than seven, it, even though it's only half a point because seven is such a big number in terms of the final scores. Uh, Lions are getting 44% of the tickets bet on them but accounting for 80% of the money. So that wide a margin, I think you're going to see that line probably go to six and a half. Um, and I'm, I don't think it's going to go to six, but I think it will move to six and a half, Bobby. Yeah, John, it's a great point. And then I also look at it and Detroit has the worst third down defense. So they struggle to get off the field. That's something that could help Prescott get into rhythm. They're not much better in the red zone either. So I, I think there's a pretty clear formula for how the Cowboys at home are able to win this game. And it's it's an excellent point that you have there about the line starting to move down. I, I think that's another reason to take the Cowboys in this one, especially if you can pluck them at uh, six and a half. Yeah, and I agree. And you, know, you just put a, a, a new thought in my head, and that's what's great about these shows, because you can't be successful in anything in life doing it in a vacuum or sitting in a closet or not sharing your information with others. Because that's where the power comes from with these shows. But you gave me the idea here that Prescott keeps the offense simple. I think that is the recipe, that they should use the same playbook they've been using with Cooper Rush and let you know Dak scramble a little bit more than he does. And now you got me you know, coming a little bit off of Detroit because of that. You know, If they execute that simple offense that he's been running – I have to agree with you. I, I think maybe I'd have to go neutral on this game now. 
John, I'm glad to return the favor just a bit because you've definitely put a lot of money into the pockets and the bank accounts of my loyal loyal listeners, excuse me, over at Sports Map Radio. So ha- happy to sway you. I hope I'm not leading you or the audience here in the wrong direction, but that's how I see it playing out. And then especially at minus six and a half, I like it even better. Let's switch to the West Coast now. Chiefs and Niners. This is one that you can grab Kansas City at minus two and a half on FanDuel for minus 118. My advice, John, I'm curious to see if you agree here, is I think you can double it up with, again, using FanDuel's figures. The race to 15, you can get the Chiefs at minus 136. I think both of those will cash. Yep, uh, I'm with you on this one. I I also like the under, Bobby. Uh, The under is is supported by a system here that I actually do these quick-hitting videos on my Twitter timeline that last like a minute and a half. And you can also get this one and others uh, throughout the week. So this one, you're going to bet the under, and the home team is coming off an embarrassing double-digit loss priced as a favorite. We know the 49ers uh, somehow lost by 14 to the Falcons, 28-14. to And our opponent being the Chiefs have won at least 75% of their games. This system has been profitable in 16 of the past 17 seasons, and it has gone 80 36 to the under for 69% winners over the last 10 seasons, 43 and 17 to the under for 72% under winning bets the last five seasons. So I think this uh, total here at 48 and a half roughly is, is a bit too high. And the 49ers defense is uh, reminds me of Dallas. That's what has kept the 49ers in playoff contention, to be honest, because the offense has been pretty bad. Yeah, that Niners defense against the Chiefs offense is going to be a really fun head-to-head matchup to watch. It's why I think it supports the under ultimately hitting in this matchup. And then I look at, especially in terms of picking a winner and following the spread, which I'm surprised is so low right now, Jimmy Garoppolo has been awful. You referenced that Falcons game, truly a disastrous performance for him. He was bad against Denver, a team that we're going to get to in just a second here. And he was not in the top three reasons that they beat the Rams in the win over L.A. Playing well against the the Panthers just means that he can capitalize against a bad team. So I I don't trust Garoppolo to hold up his end in terms of hitting the over or getting the Niners into the the win column in this game. And then you look at Kansas City, even without Tyreek Hill there, Patrick Mahomes is at a point in his career and he's lucky to still be working with Eric Bieniemy as well alongside Andy Reid. So that's the most dangerous offensive combination of head coach and offensive coordinator in the NFL, hands down. So that trio has reached a point where they can take the popcorn vendor and the guy selling the beer, and they're going to move the ball down the field and put it into the end zone when they get to the red zone. Kansas City is the highest scoring offense in the NFL this season. They're generating the most first downs, top five in yards produced. They take care of the football. And like I said, They're converting not just in the red zone, but on third downs as well. They move the chains 50% of the time. And then they've scored touchdowns on 19 of 25 trips to the red zone. So this Kansas City offense is explosive. And the defense has been, I would say, just fine. And against Jimmy Garoppolo and a Niners unit that has been inconsistent and doesn't have much inspiration out of the play they're getting at the quarterback position, the most significant one in all of sports, I think that John's absolutely on the money in terms of the under hitting and then getting Kansas city at minus two and a half, I think is a gift. That's great stuff, Bobby. It really is. 
I like that combination a lot. And, uh, you know, don't forget, folks, too, and especially going with all the games we're talking about, the in-game live betting is something I really enjoy. I had a, a career on Wall Street, you know, trading, and and it, it just fits the way my mind kind of works. And nobody's forcing you to bet your whole betting amount before the game starts. So in this particular situation, maybe you want to be a little careful in the beginning. Put 50% down on the under. Uh, before the kickoff and then look for a fast start in the first quarter and you'd be surprised how high that inter that in-game line could get it could easily get to 54 and a half and you plop the other 50 percent down and then you have a, a much better portfolio a bet for the game so keep that in mind that's how you come out of sunday with a profit so listen to john's advice there and then the last game that we want to touch on jets at broncos I'm not particularly impressed by Denver. Russell Wilson looks washed up. I like this Jets team and like the Lions. There's a culture change going on. This was a vital draft slash offseason for Joe Douglas, the GM, and this campaign for Robert Salah, who I've always believed has the tools necessary to be a good head coach and serve well in that position. Now he's starting to translate. They both have come through, at least to this point. At the same time, John... Denver, I mean, if they can't win this game, then it's just really a story that continues to get sadder and sadder. And the fact that the line is only Broncos minus one and a half on FanDuel, you can pluck it at minus 115. And to me, the story here, as washed as Russ looks, Denver's defense, which we talked about earlier, ranks in the top five in points allowed, as well as yards and yards per game. And they're the best defense in the red zone, statistically speaking. So against the Jets team, where Zach Wilson only threw 16 times in that win against the Packers in Lambeau, 10 completions, and the jury's still out on him and just how good of a quarterback he can be. I think that as long as there's not something wonky like another blocked punt to put points on the board for the Jets, that Denver ultimately covers this one at home. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's, a, that's a great take. Um, you know, the one one thing I found interesting this week, uh, the way the media started out was the Jets won at Lambeau over Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. So the, the centerpiece of the discussions was, what's wrong with the Packers? Well, I'm kind of in the other camp where what what is great about the Jets? And I, I don't think the Jets have even come close to reaching their potential. Now, they're very young, and this is a new culture change, as you, uh, you know, outlined. So you can't expect the Jets to just keep getting better and better and better each week. They are prone to regression in this matchup. And I do like your, your take on the lean with Denver here because, you know what, if, they, if Denver can't win this game, then, you know, the, the whole idea of getting Russell Wilson and everything they gave up for him is, is kind of in the trash heap. You know, it would be really a shame to see that happen uh, to that type of franchise. But you know, the, the Jets, I think, are not the Jets that they used to be, where, you know, if they beat anybody, it was because the other team beat themselves. You know, the Jets never went out and actually dominated somebody and won. But I am impressed with that Jets defense. This, uh, as a lean, you know, maybe a suggestion to take a look at the under in this game. And again, you don't have to bet it even pre-flop. You can watch the game and get a feel for what the pace of the play is. And if it's like they're playing in the mud which we have seen Denver do plenty of times this year, then, you know, nail the under. So that, that is, that's my take on that one, Bobby. Again, people, he's a sharp among sharps and be sure to tail his picks. I think his advice right there 
is spot on. His models consistently come through as he's laid out here. So that wraps up this edition of The Winning Ticket, the debut episode and covering the Week 7 NFL slate. Now we're going to jump over to John's show, The Predictive Playbook on Sports Memo and Wager Talk. We're going to dive into this weekend's college football games and give you our best bets. Another way to check this out, you can follow me on Twitter at Bobby Kravitsky. You can see how my name is spelled here, but I'll I'll give it to you verbally as well. B-O-B-B-Y-K-R-I-V as in Victor, I-T-S-K-Y. John, let everyone know where they can find you. Well, at the predictiveplaybook.com, uh, that's first and foremost. Uh, there's a lot of very, very good handicappers that I've known for decades that have joined me on that site. So it's not just me, um, you know, alone. It's again, you know, you can't do things well by yourself. You got to share the information. The knowledge is the power and that's what we're all aiming to get. Uh, and then also on Twitter at John Ryan sports and the number one, those are the two best to get me. That wraps up the debut episode of the winning ticket. Thank you so much for tuning in for John Ryan. I'm Bobby Kravitsky. Enjoy the rest of your day.